This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I am Mark Flalo in Montreal. Please follow along with us on all our social media channels, Mitchell. It is at Your Tech Report across I everything. Yeah. I know you do, and yeah, I appreciate I you following us and, right. and everybody else uh, <laughs> out there as well. Now, now, Mark, we're we're going to do an interview right now that I know you. Uh, we're both looking forward to, it, but I know you're especially looking forward to it because you are a smart home guy. You love smart home technology. Everyone knows it. It's a problem. It's, it's, it's a passion of yours. No, no, it's a, it's a great thing. It's a cool thing. I, I just wanted to tell you one of my issues and how this kind of no about about smart home technology. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, and I think one of the you know we always look at barriers to entry when it comes to consumers buying a product. Correct. Yes. We're tech guys. We know this stuff, but the average consumer sometimes sees a barrier to entry, and when it comes to smart home stuff, one of the barriers to entry is you always have to buy extra stuff. If you want this to work, then you need some sort of smart home hub that's going to cost extra money, that's going to connect you to your devices, and then sometimes it doesn't connect directly to Wi-Fi. People want things to be simple, and I don't think a lot of smart companies, you know, companies get that, but we're about to talk to a company that actually does get this issue very well. Well, you know, as you said, you know, I've I've been into smart home tech for quite some time, and there's a lot of companies that I kind of lean on, and this is one of those companies. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's Welcome our next guest, Mitchell. His name is Lee Odess. He's a vice president of service provider business for a company called Allegion, who happens to be the parent company of a company that, or a brand that we all know of, which is which is Schlage. Lee, yeah, welcome, right. welcome to your tech report. No, I appreciate it. Uh, excited to be here. So thank you. We're excited to have you. Now, you know, obviously the the reason for this interview is because, you know, CES was a couple months ago and there's a lot of products that are announced and we love talking to, to people at the companies themselves about their new products. But before we get into that, Lee, can you give us our listeners a kind of a brief history of the company, kind of where you came from and how we got to today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, happy to do that. So uh, as you said, Schlage is a, a brand of a legion. It's typically what people know us about. Um, the company itself, we've been focused in innovating around door hardware for, uh, hardware for over uh, 95 years. It's a global-based company, so we have brands everywhere. Um, the hardware side of our business, primarily on the Schlage side in the Americas and in the U.S. and North America that we have, um, we're really focused on uh, the easy way to enhance the style of the home, keeping people safe, keeping the home safe. Um, and then also layering in uh, the smarts that you've been talking about, like on the smart home side. So we're really anchored to this mechanical um, uh, safety and security side, while then layering in the smarts and the convenience end that you would see. Um, we're in a roughly over 40 million homes, um, uh, being seen as an innovative uh, company, like you've been talking about. Um, and we see great potential as the smart home continues to evolve. Uh, and, and, and deliver both, like I said, safety and security uh, and convenience on top of that. Now, you know, now Lee, you, you, you heard the intro, obviously, and you know, you know, we talk about barriers yeah. to entry. Now, thankfully, you know, Schlage is a name that most people know when it comes to having a great quality lock for their home. Uh, and so to make that next jump from, okay, we, here's a respected name, now let's take it to the smart side. But you heard about the barriers to entry about people not wanting to buy extra stuff. They want their devices to work. And it seems like you guys put a lot of attention when it came to development on how do we just get this into a simple, into your home in a simple way where people don't feel they have to add on different stuff to get it working. It just works. That must have been a priority when coming up with this, correct? Yeah, 100%. So really focused on customer-centric design um, and looking at those friction points that you have. And like you said, one of those is uh, the, the hubs or gateways that you see people have. Right. Um, and really, they're, they're typically single function 
and you would open up somebody's cabinet and they'll have like 10 of them because all the different products. And <laughs> yep, that's right. I, I agree with you 100%. That, that's a problem um, that, that people do have. And I don't think people have a problem with necessarily a hub. People have a problem with hundreds of hubs. Yep. Um, and I actually love the way that you're saying it because I actually think this is the, uh, you see the evolution of actually going from connected homes to smart homes. And that's actually yeah, yeah. what you're starting to see because yep. the products themselves are starting to be smart to work uh, with the different parts and pieces that are inside the house. And you don't have to in order sort of bring, you know, the, the, the extra part to make it work. No, the actual products themselves are starting to be able to function. Like you want them to function in the home and they are starting to be smart. So that's what we did with this encode product that we have, which is our latest lock that actually incorporates the Wi-Fi capabilities into it so you don't have to have a hub to make it extensible. The product itself is extensible. Now, with this new product, you add a feature as well or interoperability with um, a very popular video doorbell, which is Ring, um, and Amazon's key. Why those two products? Well, so if uh, those products aside, if you look at sort of how we develop it, so not only... Did we do it so they had Wi-Fi built in it um, so that you didn't have to have an extra part? But it was built with extensibility, again, not just from a hardware standpoint, but from a software standpoint. So realizing that this product was built for the smart home, and we recognize that uh, how consumers, you know, if you meet the consumer where the consumer's at, a lot of them will come in based off of I have, let's say, Ring, or I have Key by Amazon, or I have other platforms and ecosystems, and they want to incorporate this to it so what we did was we built the product to be able to have different user experiences on top of it and make those seamless. And the example of our launch partner was with Amazon with their key by Amazon and then also the Ring product, where we showed that this product actually is built to function within other people's ecosystems, which in the end delivers a much better customer experience than products that have, that have been historically built, again, going from connected to, to smart home, most products built for the smart home where are like retail driven where you've had this entire experience built on it that that company owned and you built you opened up like a side door and, and did an integration which didn't necessarily have all the functionality or make it seamless or elegant now products are being built and this is an example one with that ecosystem in mind and we're we are far closer now to that actual smart home that uh, you know i look forward to the day which is where you're like, man, I love this smart home, and I'm not frustrated because the products are all built to deliver that. So, so, so for our listeners that want to know exactly how the workflow would work, for example, okay, let's say they have, like, for myself, I love my Ring video doorbell. Uh, I can even access it through my, you know, my Amazon Alexa speakers, which is great, uh, you know, the video. And you have, you have Ring. What would the workflow be? Is the actual connectivity in terms of opening the door, is it going to be built into the Ring app itself to Ring on your Alexa devices? How does it work? Yeah, you nailed it. So it's actually built in. So Ring customers, you'd be able to lock and unlock the Schleich code app right from the Ring app. Um, from a commissioning and startup standpoint, if you're using the key app, uh, you would be able to actually set up the lock. And you don't have to use, say, the Schleich Home app in order to do that, then flip back to key or flip back to Ring. It's all actually built with that functionality um, you know, inside of the experience of which where you started. And then the functionality of that lock is also built uh, into their application so you would be able to function it just like that lock was built for that ecosystem that you're using um 
And then the, also the idea being is that if you say you do go from ring, but you really wanted to maybe use it in the Schlage home app, do you have that flexibility to sort of flow between those and not have awkward or seem like, you know, it really wasn't built for this. But no, it, it, it's built to be able to be flexible. You know, one what, what of the reasons that I went with the Schlage locks is because I've tried probably all of them. I, I've tried every smart lock that existed. And when it came down to my research, um, what always brought me back to Schlage was that the, the the core use, locking and maintaining security in my home, was always absolutely a guarantee. There was never an issue you know, with other companies I've seen, you know, how to pick this lock, how to do this lock. Um, there was never an issue like that when it came to Schlage. So when when you guys announced the HomeKit lock, I jumped on that because I was a, a HomeKit guy at the time. Um, how do you balance the the sense of security element of you because you're protecting the main entrance to a home with adding these features on and also make sure that people are aware that this thing is still that secure lock at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's culture of the organization where, uh, you know, if you look at the mission, the vision of the organization, the core, core, the core fundamentals is the safety and trust. And there's a, a, a brand promise that we have to the marketplace. Um, and we don't necessarily sacrifice that for it being a gadget. It's not a gadget, it's a lock. And we are introducing uh, the uh, technology aspects that, that you, would, you would see from, let's call it a gadget, um, with that sort of rigor that you would have come to expect from a 100-year-old brand that has over 40 million homes you know, with, with smart products in it. So um, we're anchored to it, uh, we take it very serious, um, and we the expectation that the marketplace should have uh, is that it's a trusted brand that uh, I, that understands sort of the core uh, core need of the product is to protect first and then deliver convenience next. You know what my my big leave my my big takeaway here is you know in the in the realm of smart home connected devices smart home devices uh, the consumer is usually forced to make a choice and that choice is do you want a really great lock or do you want a really cool smart lock and the nice thing is it seems like with this product you actually don't have to choose anymore and I think for that for the consumer as you guys were talking about because security uh, you know your legacy in terms of what you guys have done for the, for this long a period of time just make great great locks it's nice on the consumer side to not have to choose so I want to ask you one last question because again we talk about barriers to entry and when it come one of the barriers of course is also setup and people think okay when it comes to if I'm gonna install a smart lock oh my gosh how am I gonna do this I know how to put a regular lock on my door but how do I is is the installation fairly simple fairly straightforward like can a I, traditional lock would be Lee can I answer this for Mitchell oh wow Mark's gonna answer <laughs> for me I love that that's awesome I've installed I've installed Please. I've installed these locks on um, four or five different style doors, okay. whether it be my own. Um, there's one in my office that I'm staring at right here. Um, right. You're, you're replacing your deadbolt. You know, you're replacing your deadbolt. It's as if you're just doing just doing a straight-up deadbolt replacement. It, exactly. And then the actual software setup is actually extremely intuitive. You launch the app. It detects the lock. You program. You can have multiple codes. Like for, for We forget that, you know, people listening to this interview, we haven't really explained a lot of the other the feature set, but I mean, you can have multiple codes. You can have codes that expire. You can have timed entry, for example, if someone's you know cleans your home on a weekly basis or walks your dog, right. you can make sure access. they only have access okay. for some period right. of time. This actually, actually, I had renovations being done in my home about a year and a half ago, and I remember getting a timesheet from the contractor, and it it seemed to me that the hours they were billing for was just excessive. So I said, you know what? Wait a second. 
They've had a specific code to get in and out of my home. They've been told to lock the door every time they come in. Uh, plus, I had auto lock on. And I compared it against it, and I probably saved myself about 15 hours worth of billing <laughs> because great. I was able to prove that they didn't actually weren't actually there those times. Because so, they couldn't have gotten in because they didn't have the, <laughs> didn't yeah, have the access. So that's, I mean, that's not a use case that I think is you know one of those things you advertise because how often does it happen? But it's definitely one of those benefits that come with a software you know element to a lock, is it not? Hundred percent. I mean, so it, what's interesting is, don't forget too, our, our organization uh, has a very big commercial side of our business, where a lot of those types of uh, use cases are prevalent, and you're starting to see some of that now start to bleed into the, into the uh, consumer side, which is great. Um, so it's going beyond just the safety security side. You're now being able to deliver convenient um, and value-added uh, services based off of the lock. And so think of it like as a twofer: I get the security and I get the convenience side. Um, and I think, and again, going back to your original statement, that you had, that's, the fact, that's when the frustrations of the smart home start to go away because the products, it's not just about being cool, like I can control it from my phone. I'm now adding real value back into the people that are using the thing on a daily basis while giving them the ability to sleep well at night because they know they're being protected. Yeah, I don't even have a key to my house anymore. Like I don't, like I don't even know where the key is that came with the lock, because we all have codes. And like, we're going away. My mother-in-law's staying at home. She's like, I have the key. I'm like, you don't need a key. Like this is my house. I've given you a code, and if you can't get in that door for whatever reason, you can go in through the garage. And there's another one there, which is really cool. Um, Lee, what's the availability? I think it's uh, it's uh, March 5th is the official release. I know pre-orders started at CES. It is. Yeah, it is. Uh, we're on pre-sale now. Um, so you can actually start to place an order if you want to, and then March 5th is the launch date. So where do you guys go from here in terms of you know products like this on a consumer side? You know, can, is there things that you can tell us about you know down the road, things that might be added to the software side or, or, or things that are just uh, you know kept under wraps until you tell me more later? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but um, <laughs> so I, I would tell you that we're, we're continuing to focus where those gaps are, and not only from a technology standpoint, from a design aesthetic side too, because that's that's also important. So. We continue to develop those and keep those in mind. We have new product development as well as continued feature creation um, that we have. So we're constantly monitoring how customers use the locks and they, they try to enhance the experience. So, you know, we do that through uh, user groups and, and, and going out and talking to consumers and see them. Plus, we're consumers ourselves of the product. Um, so we, we also see how we need to do that. So we're staying on top of the latest technology. I think you'll find ways uh, to, that we'll continue to build to ensure that safety and convenience as well as what gets me excited is as we start to evolve this ecosystem partnerships that we are doing and making our products accessible, you know, we, we come to find out that a lot of people really understand consumer uh, experience and, and we're excited to see what we can also do in partnership with a lot of people. Um, so I think you'll see a lot more. Uh, I, I, I stay tuned. We look forward to seeing that, absolutely. Uh, Leo Des, Vice President of Solution Providers at Allegion, of course, the parent company of Schlage. Uh, if our listeners want to head over and check out that lock, uh, head over to Schlage.com or Amazon.com to make some pre-orders there as well. As I said, available on March 5th. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Aflalo. We'll be back in a moment. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Do. Did. Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.